Can you say the letter C? All right, welcome back, CC Hunt Files. We are in Turkey Camp 2023 right now. I got my main man Ryan Birch on the other end here, right across the table from me. Unfortunately, we've only got one bird down. We're going to get into that here in a second, but let's run through the sponsors real quick before we dive into this. Grizzly Coolers. We have spoiler alert. We have used our Grizzly Hard Cooler. The size is a 15. We have some breast and some bush lights packed in that sucker from the other day. We've been running and gunning with that. Uh, again, that's code WCB. Save you some cash. They've got some new totes and some new things coming out. If you haven't seen them, I know they've dropped a few of them off Instagram. If you have not checked into those yet, go to grizzlycoolers.com and give them a look. Black Ovis, code WCB10. Uh, man, ticks have been absolutely awful out here. You've heard me talk about it the last few weeks with turkey and spring bear hunts for all your tick needs and whatnot. Black Ovis has you covered. Also, Merino. Uh, man, I've ran a bunch of their Merino this week. Um, so far, you know, it's 30s, 40s in the mornings. And it goes up to 70 and 80. It's nice to have a couple different base layers and whatnot for um, all these spring hunts. You know, it's pretty unpredictable, especially in the mountains when you're on bear hunts or if you're chasing birds around. The weather changes quick. It's nice to have stuff that you know is going to keep you hot when you need it to be and when you cold when you need to be, etc. Hunter's Box Club, shout out to Devin Leonard. Um, you guys know the drill, $29.99, first box ships free. Um, I know for a fact he's got some turkey-related items in the next two months box, so check those out. I know he'll be stoked to get those out. Um, Devin always loves turkey season. Doesn't turkey hunt a lot, but always likes the gear that goes with it. Has some really cool shirt designs. So, again, those are special shirts. You only get those shirts in the box. You can't find those anywhere else. So again, Hunter's Box Club, give them a, a look. And last but not least, Novix tree stands. Um, it's a good thing we were not in tree stands hunting whitetails this week so far because with the 45-mile-per-hour Kansas winds that we've had, we probably would have got blown out. But for all of you guys who need tree stand needs, that new Raider series is about as cool as it gets, super lightweight, very affordable, made right there in Peoria, Illinois. If you do need tree stands, step sticks, the whole nine yards, um, go over to novixoutdoors.com, check them out. Or if you're in the area, stop by. They're right there in Peoria. Proud partner of us. Everything built right there in the U.S. of A. With that being said, the only guy that's killed a bird so far in camp, my main man on the other end here right across from me, the Ryan Birch. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on? Not too much. We are uh, we're recording this podcast because there's about 50 mile per hour winds outside right now. Realistically, uh, running and gunning, turkey hunting like we like to do, it's not exactly working out in our favor. So I'm just going to let you fire it off. Who you are, what you do, you've been on the podcast before, but for those of you who don't know, give us a little rundown on, on Ryan Birch, and then we're going to dive right into this, man. We've got a lot to cover on this hunt. Um, uh, some good and a lot of bad, but we're going we're gonna to dive into that. <clears throat> Well, uh, uh, my name's Ryan Birch. I am a fireman from Dover, Ohio. Uh, so shout out to all them Dover firemen back home. And uh, hey, Mom, 
Making it big time right now. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yep, drinking a beer, doing a podcast in Centralia, Kansas. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than being in turkey camp. Uh, camp's fun. Uh, weather's been pretty uh, not very cooperative this year, so it's kind of cut the legs out from underneath um, somebody that wants to run and gun and, and cover a lot of ground. So far this trip, each day we've covered about eight to nine miles uh, a day, so... Uh, it's a really good thing that I I got some new uh, <laughs> crispy uh, hunting boots, so they've been coming in, in uh, handy this year. So now, Ryan, this is so that I mean, kind of the backstory on this hunt because you know I started coming out here, you know, I don't know, ten, eleven years ago, and then after a few years, brought you out for the first time, and now this has kind of been like a you know a, a ritual for you to come out here. You know, I mean, you've always loved you know, to turkey hunt, but it's really taken off for you in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years. You've killed a lot of birds and done it a lot of different ways. But what's kind of the, uh, what drives you out here? I mean, what, what, you know, Kansas, Nebraska holds a special place, you know, kind of in your heart. I mean, it's, you've always enjoyed it out here. What's, what is it? The challenge just, you know, I mean, what's, what's kind of the deal? I mean, this is a hunt you look forward to. I mean, this is, this is kind of your big hunt of the year every year. This, and most people would be like, oh, it's just a turkey hunt, but it's, there's more to it than that. And I think that's cool. To some people, it might just be uh, just a turkey hunt. However, um, there's a lot of traditions here in camp uh, that you know I hold pretty near and dear. It is uh, you know the card games and just the camaraderie with the guys and the. Uh, hopefully, the weather would be nice, so you know you, it's nice to get out and drink a beer uh, with a buddy. Um, but I I really enjoy hunting new places. This is it's new territory. Uh, I enjoy the game part of the turkey hunt. The the go and sit in the blind, you know, and and wait for them. It is a very, um, it is a strategy that works a lot, you know, especially if you're going with a bow. Um, you know that can be pretty conducive. But I I like to be aggressive and I like to go move, circle around, do the old Indian sneak through the woods, you know, sneaking along the edges and. Uh, use some woodsmanship so we'll get into that a little bit later but i just really enjoy the new territory each year i try to hit up uh even though i'm in the same area i try to hit new walk-in hunting areas or wildlife management areas up in nebraska um now break break that down real quick ryan just for those that aren't familiar with kansas nebraska you know just for for reference we hunt all public out here um we have gotten permission uh, for, hey, you can hunt it today or, hey, yeah, no one's hunting it the next few days. But we don't really have like a solid farm or farms. Um, we knock on doors more times than not get told no. But pretty much I'd say 95% of what we do out here is almost always public. So how's the public work out here? Um, what's kind of the breakdown of kind of, I guess, what you need to know if you were going to come out here, like, you know, like the wildlife agency part of it. I mean, you've gotten really good with navigating that, which can be, that can be difficult. I mean, that's not the easiest thing, you know, to, to, to figure out because without some of those maps and agencies, I mean, th- this would be a hard place to hunt if you don't know where to go look for places to hunt. Yeah, Kansas Department of uh, their Wildlife, they, they've done a very nice job with their, their webpage and, um, they have an interactive map online that you can go to, and you can see all of the public ground and what seasons you can hunt there. And uh, you, you can change it from topo to imagery to 
a combination or it can look just like a road map. There are all kinds of different uh, layers that you can go to. It's um, not quite on X, but it is it is nice and it is useful. You can, it's like the Kmart version of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Kind of. If Kmart's even around. I don't even really know, you know. Well, the use, okay. Look, uh, I mean, that's kind of showing your age right there. Yeah, well, you're, getting, you're getting old right there. Whoa, Kmart. <laughs> I mean, I didn't bring up Ames. People yeah. probably totally forget what the Ames <laughs> yeah. stores were. But, so uh, No, both Nebraska and Kansas have done a really good job displaying what public grounds that they provide to the public. And uh, it there there is a lot more public ground out here than what there is back home. So whatever Kansas and Nebraska is doing, they're doing a good job of it. And uh, they have a lot of different land with a lot of different um, geographical, you know, looks to it. I mean, some of them, they're just prairie plains. Some, you got hills, you know, a lot of woods, ridges, river bottoms. There's all kinds the of different woods. The cottonwoods are really cool. Yeah. I mean, cottonwood bottoms, those have been pretty big for us this trip so far. Um, so we will uh, – yeah. So, I mean – Weehaws are in Kansas, and the wildlife management areas are up in Nebraska. You can look them up online. You just go on their sites and then click on where to hunt. Now, just so people know, Weehaw, what's that? Walk-in hunting area. Yep, okay. So the state, what they do is they go out and they lease the ground from these uh, landowners, and then they turn it into public ground. So uh, it's kind of like – Back home, we have programs like this for, you know, you can get tax breaks and you can get all kinds of stuff. And I don't know what angle they work out here, but somehow they're they're pulling the legs of these landowners and they're getting plenty of ground for every all the hunters and outdoorsmen. I mean, even outdoors women and hikers. And we've ran into some mushroom hunters this time. So I would assume they're paying in bush light cocaine and strippers is i figure that's how they're getting most of these farmers because a lot of these farmers that we ask we don't get we get told basically go fuck yourself uh but somehow they're getting leased so there's you know they've got they've got something on top of us that we don't have it's got to be tits is what Um, i'm thinking i don't know whatever it is a lot of beer yeah could be (laughs) okay so breaking down then ryan um you know going into this hunt every year it's different i mean obviously weather plays a huge factor in our previous years weather has especially like last year for example it was cold i mean hell i was shooting birds in a a freaking puffy jacket that i'd wear on the side of a mountain in colorado um we felt like this year the weather was going to be in our favor temperature wise and we didn't have the the w word which i don't even want to say because we fought it so hard but we didn't have the wind factor um until we got here and that kind of changed Going into this hunt, just based off the temps, we had kind of a game plan on what we thought we were going to do until we got here, and that changed drastically. So break down kind of what our strategy was going to be. I mean, you know, you had um, definitely had time in the week or two prior to this hunt to kind of put a master map plan together of, you know, spots we wanted to hit. We kind of got our spots that we've got knowledge of that are kind of our top tier, and then we've got new spots, and then we've got spots that haven't been good, but, you know, maybe this is the year they are good. What was kind of the strategy going into this? Um, and then once we got here, kind of talk about how we immediately was like, oh, shit, we're going to have to flip that script a little bit. Because I think that's important. These hunts all come down to planning and then planning for the unplanned. Because nine times out of ten, plan A and B typically do not work out. And you're going down to C, D, and E 
and that's where you actually get something killed. You know, it's, it's at least for us, it's never what we expect. Uh, a lot of my hunts out west, I mean, shit, I'm killing on plan C, D, E. It's never plan A and B, it seems like for me. Um, but I'm planned for that, you know, like I've got four or five options there. Yeah, I mean, my prep work started last year about April 24th when we left here. <laughs> got home, cracked a beard, started it again. Yeah. I like I mean, it. If you want to be successful at anything, you need to prep for it, uh, plain and simple. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you that's firefighting, teaching, nursing, construction worker, whatever you are, if you want to be successful, you prep and you prep accordingly. And very rarely does plan A ever go right, you know. In in a perfect world, it would be pretty nice if what you first thought your plan would be would go right. Uh, however, that's not the way that God always deals the cards. So I really started looking hard at the uh, the maps at right around the beginning of the year. Uh, big change this year in Nebraska was they had a limited number of non-resident tags. Uh, so we had to kind of get on that early, which was nice, um, you know, that we were able to get ahead of the curve on that. And, um, but I started looking hard at the maps here probably about a month ago and I started watching weather patterns. Um, you know, I am part meteorologist, so, you know, I do watch the weather. Wow. Learned something new. Yeah. No big deal. Didn't know that. (laughs) Add that cap to my feather, (laughs) feather to the cap. So it, um, probably about 15 days out, the weather looked like it was going to be really good here. It was uh, complete opposite of last year. Highs were in the 70s and 80s. Lows were in the 40s and 50s. And it looked like we, it was just going to pan out. And last year we kept saying, man, if it was just warmer, you know, we'd be doing so much better. And, uh, <laughs> you know, tr- joke's on us. It was warm. However, what we did not ask for was the 20 to 25 mile an hour consistent wind with the 35 to 45 mile an hour gusts. Um, so I think that most of the time, just coming in with a certain type of mindset into a hunt and being able to stay flexible and just roll with it is probably one of the biggest things that will help you be successful in this travel hunting, uh, going to new places. It's just, you might go into it thinking, man, I'm going to I'm gonna sit on this public piece. I'm going to score. Well, that's all fine and dandy. However, five other guys are saying the same thing. So... You know, mom and dad always preached early bird gets the worm and you just sometimes you got to be like really, really early if you want to be that that person to beat everyone to the spot. But it doesn't mean that they can't come in and hunt it as well. And that uh, is something that we ran into uh, this year. Yeah, absolutely. And then once we, you know, we get here and the wind is doing what it's doing. And I mean, that that throws our game off. I mean, you know, Ryan, you're a big running gun guy and talk about you know, kind of explain the philosophy there. Cause I think a lot, you know, like when I first met you, um, you had gotten into turkey hunting a little bit. This was 10, 12 years ago, you know, but, but weren't super, super into it. And I remember telling you, I kill a lot of birds after nine. And you looked at me like I was a fucking alien. And you're like, what do you mean? Nine, what nine at night? You shoot them out of a tree. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nine. And I'm like, no, like nine in the morning, mid morning, I kill a lot of my birds after they leave that first 10, blah, blah, blah. You've really adapted that strategy now into your arsenal, and you kill most of your birds now later on. So running and gunning and being very mobile mid-morning into that noon, mid-afternoon, etc., that's realistically kind of our game. So, you know, 
breaking down your strategy and kind of our game with this win, you know, how how much of an effect realistically did that have on this hunt thus far? And I mean, we're still battling the wind, so it's not like it's over yet. Spoiler alert, uh, the fucking wind has not settled down. So for those of you who are wondering, it's it's we're still at that point in time, but the beginning of next week looks like it's going to settle down a little bit. So our last few days should be better than these first six. But yeah, walk us through that though. I mean, you know, because that, that's a big part of this. I mean, the strategy of what we wanted to do is not exactly conducive in this high winds. Yeah, so I mean, like I said before, you always got to stay flexible, and, and homework and prepping does not stop prior to the hunt. Um, just because we arrived at camp doesn't mean that we know everything. Uh, until you get boots on the ground and scout and see it for yourself, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. We have we've been to a lot of spots, checking stuff out, looking for a sign, looking for fresh sign, looking for. Human sign, it's all kind of, uh, you just start piecing it together. Uh, the, one of the biggest things that helped us be successful uh, on my bird here was the homework aspect of it. I mean, the, the, um, the night before, we split up and we went out and just sat and listened. I mean, you can hunt all day out here, so you can you can keep your nose to the grinding stone, at, but sometimes you can kind of, you know, turn a cheek and... You're not always on the grind. You're not always working, but you're still working. You know, we sat, both of us, on different hillsides listening for birds, trying to pin them down. And thankfully, we were able to pin something down into a into a nice little bottom. And kind of, they kind of were tucked out of the wind down in there and kind of had it all figured out. So thankfully, we were able to get on them. And, uh, you know, but it all comes down to homework, putting them boots on the ground and getting busy. Now, as far as our normal strategy with running and gunning, how would you describe that to somebody and explain like kind of what we're doing or what what has typically worked good out here is that strategy. If you don't kill right off the roost, you can kind of meander around with a plan and run and gun. And I, and, and I don't mean run and gun as in like it's just a, a, a fucking free for all. No, you know, you just run around and call, 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 call. But there's there's strategy that we involve into it. You know, like break that down for people that maybe are like, what the hell do they mean run and gun? Like. What we're actually trying to do, um, and obviously the wind changed that for us, but what, what our plan was was to cover country, run and gun, et cetera. Kind of break that down in your terms, what running and gunning for turkeys really actually is. So my running and gunning is a little bit different than Clint's running and gunning. Okay, he, he it's Sometimes it just annoys the absolute piss out of me. He, he wants to wake up late and just get out there and nonchalantly just sit out there and listen. Like I'm typically... A uh, very type A person that I I need to be in my spot and be ready and I have to have a plan because if not I'm not going to be successful. <laughs> and then you got Clint. He's just like, oh, let's, let's go do this, but let's go do that. No, let's have a fucking plan. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's eight thirty nine. Let's get serious now. Whereas yeah. at four o'clock, you, you're like, let's get I'm serious. Ready. I'm ready to leave at three thirty in the morning. I'm going to be that early bird. Um, I'll be honest. But- I fucking hate off the roost because typically. Here's how it goes. They're hend up. They fly down. If you're not in that exact spot, you're fucked till about nine o'clock and then it gets good again. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I got shit I can do. Take the kids to school. I got stuff on the farm I can do. I got an article I can write, etc. Whatever. About nine o'clock. I'm like, oh yeah, now's my time to shine. Old hard dicks over here. He got done breeding one hen. He's ready to breed the next one. I'm going to be that whore. <laughs> That's the extended version of saying annoying. 
That's <laughs> that's the type of hunting that is. So running, gunning, I like to be out there. And same thing, I just like to be in a general area uh, where I know birds are. This is you got you got to the running back doesn't just you know you might have the hole that you're going to run to, but you got to read the line and read the defense uh, to know where you're going to run that ball at. Same thing with the turkey hunting. You might know where those turkeys are. You might know where they're roosted, how they work in the mornings, what feed they're going to. But turkeys are like women. One day they wake up, and they're going to go to this field, and they're going to be all happy. You know, They went to Target, got their Starbucks. They're all out there having a good time. And the next day, they don't want to talk. And, you know, Just don't mess with them. So you got to really read these turkeys. Great. Now we just pissed off the fucking three women that listen to this podcast. Good job, Brian. That's good. Well, I'm sure you do that enough. So well, we'll be all right. Great. Great. <laughs> I never said it was a bad thing. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, I mean, you got to you got to be able to read these turkeys. You know, are they are they gobbling a lot on the roost? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. What kind of weather was last night? Did they get the shit beat out of them in the tree? Barometric pressures, the temperature. How much chasing they did? Were there coyotes in there? There's a lot that goes into it. So get into a spot that you can listen and hear as much as you can. You don't necessarily have to see them. If you can see them, you're probably too damn close anyway because they can see you. So just get into a spot where you can listen. Once you, once you start hearing them birds gobble, you know, don't feel the need that you have to immediately start calling. Uh, something that um, some of the guys that have been mentoring me over the years – They've taught me this less is more. And, you know, these turkey calls nowadays, I mean, they're they're great. All all the all these companies have great products. Um, you know, but it all just you you can work them different ways and they you can crank on them and make them really loud or you can be real quiet. And what you think might sound good, the next turkey, you know, it might not. So, um I'm a lot better calling it than Clint, you know, in my opinion, like he's over here squawking away, you know, oh, this is real great, you know, annoying again, <laughs> but you know, he gets turkeys to gobble. I get turkeys to gobble, you know, they are all different. They all respond a little bit differently. So you just have to get into a spot where you can hear, listen to the bird, judge their mood and know how aggressive that you can get with these birds uh, before you start calling moving, you know, putting sneaks on, whatever you need to do. So typically, if you don't hear anything off the roost, that's okay. They might just not want to talk that morning, you know. Sometimes they take a little while to wake up, you know. So Starbucks isn't open at 4 in the morning, so you got to get up, get out, and uh, just be patient. Uh, you know, a lot of times running, gunning, I, being a type A, like to go, 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 go. Sit down, enjoy the woods. And really start honing in on woodsmanship. So, yeah, I think that's one thing with running and gunning is it's it's awesome to cover country because you're trying to find a bird that wants to play the game, but you've also got to find give a bird enough time to want to play the game. And sometimes you might sit down for ten minutes, do a little calling, wait, nothing, do a little calling, wait, nothing. All of a sudden, the third time you do it, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna yelp a few more times here, and then I'm gonna leave and. <laughs> And, you know, he he hits, and it's like, why did he not hit the first two times? Well, maybe he just maybe he didn't hear you. Maybe he heard you and just he wasn't fired up. Maybe you were calling and he just didn't like your shitty slate call. And he's like, you know what? Ryan's calling, but Clint calls, and hell yeah, I'm in the game now. But no, in all reality, um, you know, I don't really think there's a 
what I would say like a bad turkey call or even a bad turkey caller because, I mean, honestly, there's kids that are out there that are calling in and killing birds that, you know, barely have any experience running a call, but it's close enough to sound like a yelp or a cluck or a purr into a turkey. They all sound a little bit different. I mean, clearly you can't blow on a, a elk bugle and expect a turkey to come running into that. But I mean, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be Bo Brooks winning world championships to kill turkeys by any means. And and that's, that's the kind of the beauty of turkey hunting is one calls raspy. The next calls, not this calls really loud. The next calls, not, you know, th- there's, there's a, such a difference variance there. One thing I will say that I've learned over the years, and I know Ryan, you have had this happen to you as well, because we've talked about it. If a bird likes something, don't change it. If you're running a slate call and he's hammering that and, and, and he likes that sound, don't switch it up to a mouth call when it's time to get your shotgun up or get your bow drawn and expect he's going to pick up on that pitch and that tone change. And that could immediately send him the other direction because it's like, okay, I'm into that brunette over there. Yep. Really, really like her. Damn. She's good looking. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I come back. Boom. She's got purple hair. The fuck? Like it's, it's an immediate, like what, what, what's, that's not what that's what the hell what's going on here. You know, I mean, it's boom. So that is one thing I will say just before we dive into your hunt, Ryan, on, on the bird you killed is these calls and what we're doing. Um, when you find something that works with turkeys, I typically, and I know you're the same, we like to stay with it. If they are hitting a slate, we're sticking with that slate. If it's a raspy mouth call and they really like that, you know, freaking two-tone Yelp or whatever we're doing, we're going to stick with that. And we've both fucked up with this in, in, you know, in years past and changed went from a slate to a mouth call because it was going to be easier to run the gun or run the bow with a mouth call in, blah, blah. And it'll cost you birds. It's cost us birds, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're just being honest here. I mean, we think we're pretty fucking perfect, but we're not. I mean, I'm being honest. All turkeys like all my calls. So you can, you can just check that one right off. Well, fuck, there it is. Uh, like I said, so learning, there it is. you might have problems. I don't. Learning new things every day. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm going to speak there, for myself there here, you not go. Ryan. See, thank you. Me and Bo Brooks, you know, they all like our calls. Bob well, Brooks, Ryan Burke, tag team. Same, <laughs> basically the same thing. Yeah, basically, not even close. But <laughs> he's, he, he's way better. But uh, yeah, so back to the running and gunning. We, you know, pick a call. You know, once you get, let that bird gobble a couple times. Let him wake up, and then start off soft. You know, purrs, clucks, nothing, nothing super crazy. Don't get super aggressive. Uh, that's one of one of one of my problems, and what we learned on this trip is uh, a lot of these hens were sitting quiet. You know, we think that these the, these gobblers are on their own, and these hens will sit quiet. So if you have if you have your old lady in the house with you, you don't want that old stranger, you know, that strange lady from on the corner that you don't know. So you just you got to be um, start off soft, start with them little tree yelps, and um, just kind of read the bird. Once he knows you're there, I'll let them gobble on the roost two, three, four, five times on their own, and then I come in real soft, you know, and once they get warmed up, you know, once they gobble once or twice that I, at my calls, I'm going to sit quiet and just kind of let the morning play out how, you know, how it needs to play out and uh, see if they have any hens. And from there, you know, once they pitch down, is he gobbling on the ground? Is he? Did he pitch away? Did he pitch uphill, downhill? You know, are there other birds pitching out, you know? Be patient. My father is annoyingly good at this. 
I like to go, 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 go. And he he could put a three-hour stock on a 50 yards, you know, little, little a little stock, and he does it, and he's always successful with it. And that's one thing that I got to, you know, get a lot better at. So... Well, I mean, with the calling skills you have, Bo, or I mean, Ryan, I mean, realistically, you don't really need to do that. You can just call them in. But someone like now, well, like me, you. I'm glad you're starting to get this right now. Yeah, someone <laughs> like me, though, like I need to be better at you know better at calling because I mean, I don't have quite the, the and getting out early and having a plan. I don't have the spot and stock skills, you know, like 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 you do, you know. Now, yeah, yeah, my 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 plan is, uh, um, you know. You're going to need a new notebook. I've been seeing you take notes uh, well, on all these hunts I've been my, taking uh, you on. Like, you've been my pen here, everything. It's my, running out of ink. My pen's running out of ink. But, I figured. Know. But anyway. No, but you, you – off the roost though, you're right. I mean it is it's, – it's a – I typically hate off the roost because I know that it's – especially the first few weeks, it's, it's a hend-up game. But out here when you're out here on a hunt, like when I'm back home, it's different. I got shit I can do in the morning till 9 o'clock and then go hunt. Out here, you're here to hunt. So – you definitely like like Ryan said like we 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 have a plan. Um, I did some reels this week talking about windy day birds and how important the evenings are. And although back home it's nice, a lot of places I hunt, I know where birds roost. I know where that's going to be. Ryan knows where birds are going to roost. Out here, you don't always know that. It's a lot of new pieces. It's a lot of pieces you don't get to a lot. So the evenings are really important as far as listening for birds, hoping to hear them off the roost. Um, that kind of gives you a starting point for in the morning. Now, this week we've battled this wind. It has really killed our running gun game because they can't hear our calls very far and we can't hear their gobbles very far. So it's really condensed the area that we're actually allowed or not allowed, but able to scout with our ears, which is not good because a turkey that typically we could have heard from three, 400 yards away gobble in this wind shit. I don't know if you'd be even be able to get a hundred yards. So, once we figured out we were going to have all this wind for four, five, six days in a row like we've had um, and have continued to have, that really changed the strategy. And then we started kind of working into more or less locating these birds with locator calls and trying to figure out in the evenings where they were going to roost. So we had a good idea where to hunt them right off the rip in the morning. Now, they've been super henned up, which we haven't talked about yet. That's another fold to this deal. It's been a whole nother challenge. So, Ryan, break that down. Early in this season, these birds are henned up. Right off the roost, there's a, a 50-50 deal on how you can play that game. Break down both ways where how it can work and kind of what our scenario has been, what we've seen and what has not worked and what has worked. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. On average, it takes about 30 days for a person to break their New Year's resolution. So if saving money was on your 2024 list, 
your odds aren't looking that great. Luckily, I have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com WCB. That's mintmobile.com WCB. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com WCB. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, if you're, you know, like Bo and I, you just call, you, you throw out them little love tunes, and they're just going to come running in. They're like, where are them little stripper heads at? Where are they at? Even hand up. Even hand up. Wow. Write that down. Wow, write that down. <laughs> if you're as good of a caller as Ryan Birch and Bo Brooks, you can just call the whole flock in right off the roost. If you're like me, that doesn't fucking work. So, Ryan, please share I'm the like, wisdom. Yeah, you just start talking to them hands and like, hey, got warm coffee. Come on over. And they just come running right in, and they bring their boyfriends with them, just like that. But anyway, on a serious note, um, you know, staying – I've been – typically, I'm very aggressive, and you can, that is a tactic that you can go with. You can try to out-aggress that boss hen. You know, if you want to be that rasp, you know, you, you'll hear her. You'll have all them nice little sweet talkers, and then you hear that old hag, and she's like, wah, 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 you know? And she is just, she runs that whole flock. And if you want to, you know, you can try to basically just bitch smack her in the face with a call and be like, I run this show now. And it is a tactic that you can try, and you might get that bird to fold, and she just comes in, she'll work right towards you, and she's going to bring that Tom right with her. Uh, the other, um, the, you're more apt to be a little more successful if you take the other route and just play it quiet. You know, you don't have to call to hunt these birds. You know, you can stay with them and eventually, you know, they'll come off of those hens. You know, once those hens are done, you know, flirting with them, they're going to either go and they go to their little, uh, I don't know where hens hang out, you know, if they have nests or if they're going to go to you know, Duncan, whatever they do, you know, they're going to, they're going to work off of them birds. So them Toms, and then, then about nine, 10 o'clock, they start getting lonely and they want some loving. So that is when you can really strike a bird up and really get him to get fired up mid morning. And, uh, you just got to kind of stick with them, you know, stay in the woods, enjoy, you know, watching the woods wake up and, you know, you can move around a little bit, but don't be super aggressive. Don't give up your spots. You want to throw a soft call out here and there, great. Uh, but 9, 10 o'clock, you know, you might throw a call out. And you might get a random gobble. It's way far off. And he's going to come from a long ways away because that old baby Tom might have got his butt kicked in the morning. And he's going to come strolling in there looking for love. So, Well, and something I think that we figured out on this trip, <clears throat> which, I mean, we know it's always possible, but we have definitely saw it on this trip, is – these birds are super hend up and right off the rip, if you call to a hen and she doesn't want to fight you, so she doesn't want to come over and, and bitch smack you, she's going to take everybody and direct, the opposite direction directly away from you. Yep. And, and now what that does is 
that's now putting you way behind the game. Um, so I think there's a fine line between when you think you can call a hen in and when you don't. And, and it's a 50-50 shot, you know. Um, it all goes back to being able to read these birds. Yeah. You know. And sometimes you're going to be totally wrong and sometimes you're going to be totally right on reading that. And it's, it changes from day to day. Yep. You know, you can kind of feel them out. And uh, this morning, it it worked out for us, you know. It was, you know, we started off soft, but they they kind of worked off, hung around. We just kind of stuck with these birds kind of all day. And uh, so you just got to read these birds and know, you know, feel them out a little bit. And, um, you know, starting up the other morning, <laughs> I started in with some real soft yelps, just like I told you, and some real soft, you know, like love music. Uh, and that hen did not like that. And as soon as she pitched nope. down, gone. she was gone. Yep. Not not like not like you spooked her. Nope. But she's just like wanted nothing to do see you later. with going towards that other hat. Absolutely not. She just took took her family, took that whole posse and went straight away. Walk I mean, clear off the damn property they just fed in a straight line. You know, so I mean, they'll come back, you know, sometimes, but um we, this year we the the birds out here are still kind of grouped up. Uh, it's not like, like you, you might have three or four toms together and then you have too many hens, just too many, any hens, too many hens. And they are, you know, it makes it kind of tough. Everyone wants that attention of the tom. So you really got to get kind of read these birds, um, and just go from there. Uh, being patient, uh, back in Ohio, you can only hunt till noon the first two weeks. So it's not like you have all day, like you do out here out West. Out here, you have a little more time to play. Uh, and believe it or not, these days do go fast when you're covering some ground and, and waiting on turkeys. Now, getting beat in the face with this wind all day long uh, does uh, make the hunting hard, but you know it does kind of tune out Clint a little bit sometimes. I can't hear him, so it's just like, what What'd you say? Like He's just over there, yap, 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 yapping me up. And the wind sometimes helps kind of tune all that out. But same thing with the turkey hunting. You just... You can't hear them. They can't hear you. You're kind of in a wind tunnel, so it makes it kind of hard. Yeah, most of the time I was letting you know there was birds walking by you 20 <laughs> yards above you, but you, you, you're just like, oh, well, yeah, what would you say? I'm like, all right, well, that's – I knew this. I called him in. I'm like, Bo. That's yeah, – well, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot I'm dealing with Ryan Brooks, so it's the same thing. But you're yeah, right. no, the the, uh, the the wind out here, I mean, that's, that's proven to be a challenge. And then you got hend up birds – um, so you find these birds at night, they gobble on the roost, you get in there early in the morning, and then all of a sudden you hear three or four hens with them, and it totally changes the whole atmosphere because it's now you know, okay, it's 50-50. Um, these toms hit the ground with hens. Maybe they're interested. Maybe they're not. The hen might decide she wants to come over and fight you. Maybe not. Maybe she's going to take them directly away. So it's it's a, there's a lot of variables that go on here. Now, let's break down your bird okay, that, that you killed the night before. Um, give us a rundown. You find this bird, um, and that proves to kind of be what leads us into the next morning and then what leads us into you killing him uh, in the evening. Because, I mean, you, you killed an evening bird out here, which is really cool. Um, you know, typically we kill most of them in that morning towards noontime. But every now and again, we will kill some evening birds, and this state is pretty good for that. Um, it seems like birds are pretty receptive, and if you got a good plan put together, you can get on birds in the late afternoon or even towards that evening time, roost time. So give us kind of a breakdown of night before, working into the next day, and working into killing that bird because it's pretty cool how it all panned out 
definitely the homework that went into it is what led to you uh, punching that tag for sure. Yeah, so I mean, we just, um, along with homework, I always have a list of 15, 16 places I want to go and look at. Some old, some new. Uh, This was one of the places that was uh, new on the list. Went out there, found a real nice spot to kind of set up. I could I could look over these bottom fields, and there were a lot of little fingers coming up off of these fields filled with cedars and cottonwoods. And usually they like to get in these cedars, kind of stay out of the wind uh, during the day, and then they just fly right back up into these uh, cottonwoods in the evening. So found a pretty nice place to set up, and um, you know it was all tick-free. So I was like, well, this is a place for me. Sat down, listened for a little while. Uh, took a while, and Clint's like, "Hey, buddy, I'm ready to get picked up. I want to leave." I'm like, "Just give me five more minutes. Like, it's almost time for them to start gobbling." And on my way out, you know, I I was doing my owl hoot, owl hoot. Um, no, I'm not like Bo Brooks on that. So I brought out my crow call, and I can squeal one of those real good and <laughs> get real loud and. Heard some birds down in the bottom. So I knew knew they were there. Went ahead, sat for a little bit, waited for them, waited for them. Did the call again. That way I could try to pinpoint where they were uh, as best as possible. Because uh, I like to be, you know, if, if I'm going to go in in the morning and we're going to play the quiet game or we're not going to call, I like to be in the bedroom so I can see what they're doing, where they're going, and like to get in tight. So I, I kind of pinpointed down where they were. And the next morning, woke up early. Early bird gets a worm. We were the first ones there. Got back to our spot. Had a beautiful cornfield. You know, for sure thought they were going to pitch down into this cornfield. Uh, it starts to get daylight out, and birds start gobbling on their own. It's like, oh yeah, here, here it is. You know, I've been. I look like a like a little raccoon just playing with my hands. I'm like little kid on Christmas Eve. Like this is going to happen. Well, yeah, because up to this point, I mean, this is the first actual time where we are like oh wow this we got a shot here i mean day three four five i mean yeah i mean it is and we're struggling to hear hear birds yeah we are finally hearing birds. and there's birds around it's just the wind the wind is just taken away hearing anything you see them in fields and you can see them gobble but you can't hear them but i mean we we're we're in the house we're not in their bedroom but we're in their house and um you know these birds you know bird the gobblers started going there's three of them and for the longest time, thought they were on their own. There was another gobbler up this draw, and then way up that draw, you could hear another one. It's like, this is the spot. So started off real soft, and then started started to hear started to hear some hens. So we went ahead and just stopped calling, and we were going to see what they did. Kind of snuck up the hill a little bit to gain gain some high ground and see if we were able to see them. Uh, what had happened was is either those hens heard us and didn't like us uh, because as soon as they hit the ground, I mean, they didn't pitch out into the field that we thought they were going to pitch out into. They kind of pitched. Side note, it was me calling because if they would have heard you, they would have liked it. So I mean, just, they just been to, pecking our boots. So Yeah, just to throw this out there, it was me calling. They didn't like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't want it, people to think. It was think, my turn. I was up to shoot. That is always a mistake. I should just do my own calling because yeah, it right. would be a lot quicker. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just <laughs> I wanted people to understand that, you know, it wasn't you fucking this up. It was I was the one fucking this call, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thanks. I did all my homework and now you came in and messed it right, up. Right. Thanks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, throw a purr out there. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. You're like, that's a yelp, idiot. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Let me try this. 
That's a, that's a putt, alarm yeah, putt. Don't do yeah, that. That was, that was it. But yeah, so. j- just a disclaimer. It was me fucking up the calling, not Ryan, because you know we we don't want to take away from your status. You know, you and Bo, what you guys got going on there. So well, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I just have time. Give credit where credits due. Just okay? being honest. Just being honest. <laughs> uh, no, but um, so these birds, like I said, they just they pitched down, and these hens just fed straight away, and these three toms right in behind them, you know, side by side, just strutting straight away. So we knew that. These birds probably weren't going to want to play with too many calls in the morning. So we just kind of stuck around, backed out of that spot in general, but stayed in the area. Uh, You know, there was a lot of public grounds that connect to this little piece. And uh, so, you know, you just go try something else. You you just, with this run and gun method, you know, you you can get up, move, move two properties over, you know, and see if there's a hot bird there. Came back in the evening. You know, we figured these birds were in there. They roosted there last night. You know, maybe they'll come back into these cottonwoods. I mean, it looks like a beautiful, there's creek bottom, real big, deep creek, and some little fields that all come together right there at this point, and got some cedar trees around. So we we got back around 4 o'clock and got set up. I drug Clint out there, you know. Had to wake him up from a slumber and be like, "Come on, let's go! It's time to go." And uh, I was just wanting to go to the bar, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, he drags me out. I'm like, yeah. "All right, this we sounds have like a good plan." To get punched, like, "Let's go, you alcoholic! Let's go!" <laughs> sounds like a good time. Come I'm like, on. "All right, okay." Get you out hunting. I'm taking you to A. <laughs> so we we get out there and we set up pretty much in their bedroom, and uh, we're gonna kind of see. There's a lot of feet around, so maybe they'll get out there uh, somewhere where we can see him, call to him a little bit. Um, that was our thought, uh, wind kind of, again, hampered that. And, um, so we're sitting there, the sun's shining, you know, and Clint stands up to stretch a little bit and he, he tells me strutter, strutter coming at us. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I do this all the time. Like, Hey, big buck, big buck. You know, you get the people all jacked up and they get all, you know, excited. And then you say psych. And that's, that's what I thought he was doing. And, um, (laughs) he's like, (laughs) Get get going. We're going to stalk this one. You know, so running gun is not going to work. So you got to get on your feet. Use the terrain to your advantage. Um, you know, not your typical, um, you know, method or hunting, but it is a tactic. So I crossed this big ditch, got over to the next tree line where he was, and uh, started working at this point. I still wasn't sure if Clint wasn't just fucking with me or not. So I kept looking back like, Oh, ha ha. You got me. Like joke can be over. Now I can come back and sit down, you know, and he keeps giving me the keep going sign. And then he's like, get to the big cedar. So I got to the big cedar and I'm still not seeing this bird. Like I'm thinking he's playing this off really good. Like, Oh man, he is really playing. He must be really bored, you know? And the wind blew just enough and it blew the top part of this little baby cedar and um, I could see his fan out there, just just all fanned out, real pretty out in the out in the sun, just beautiful. So now now it's like game on. Now I'm like, oh, he is not fucking with me. Like this is for real, <laughs> for real. So now I'm now I'm in my mind. I'm trying to get a little a little. I don't even know. Like I am just excited. Like we've heard birds, we're seeing birds. Like this is thanks Jesus. Like this is happening. And <laughs> and I was like pissed because I'm like Ryan, Strutter, go, and he just kind of looked at me like, okay. I'm like, no, 
seriously, like I'm looking through my binos, like I, I, I pull the loopholes out and I'm, I'm like, I look, I like pull him down and I look over and he's just standing there. He's like, really? I'm like, yes, like fucking go. And like one more time. And I was going to be like, you know what? I'm grabbing my fucking bow and I'm going like, if you don't, if you don't want to go that, and then finally you take off and I'm like, Jesus, I had to like shock prod him to get him out there. But that, then finally I, I could see it. I'm watching you put this like little sneak on. I see you get to that cottonwood and I saw your whole body demeanor change. Like you went from like all relaxed to, Oh fuck, there he is. I'm like, okay, he saw him now. <laughs> um, a, a crucial point to this, these stocks usually are both guys, you know, if you're allowed and, and it's legal in certain States, you know, if you have a walkie talkie or, you know, a phone, you know, et cetera, you can kind of like let the other guy know what's going on, whatever. Well, we didn't have that option here. So we're kind of using like hand signals to like, you know, Hey, I'm trying to like direct Ryan to this tree and let him know the birds like past the tree in the field. And I'm thinking he's understanding, but I don't know for sure. So at this point I see his body language and I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. He saw him. Now I know Ryan's in the game. He's seen the bird. I'm like, okay, here we go. Now shit can get good. Yeah. So (laughs) we're uh, now that I saw the bird. Now I'm trying to depict, okay. Are there any other birds? You know, what? what is the situation I have here in front of me trying to read it? And all I see is this bird, you know, and I can hear in the in the leaves in front of me, I can hear, you know, some scratching or walking around. So I'm thinking, OK, there's a hen here and he's in behind him. So we already have learned as soon as these hens hear other hens, they just start working the other way. So, you know, that running... That run and gun game, you know, I'll run up there real quick. I'll sneak up and I'll call a little bit, and he's gonna come right in. That's not gonna work. So, I got to be a little more uh, strategic with this. And I started. I use these little cedars. There's probably about six cedars in a row right along the edge of this field, and I'm gonna use those to cut the distance. So I start sneaking up, and I get to the first cedar, and I'm watching, and and uh, he's still, you know, he's still at about a hundred yards. So. I start sneaking up, and I can still hear that those leaves, but I just keep these cedars right in front of us. And I get to that last cedar, you know, I'm I'm moving briars out of the way, and I gotta, you know, I'm feeling sticks under underneath my feet as I step, so I can step real soft. And um, I, I I'm putting a real sneak on, you know, like everyone else that he has on these podcasts, they're super good at this stuff, they do it all the time. I do not, so this was a pretty big <laughs> pretty big deal for me, and I I sneak up there and. This strutter, he comes out of strut, and he just walks into the tree line, left to right. So then I turn around uh, because I'm really good and experienced at all the stalking stuff. Uh, I left my phone. I was talking to my old girl, Peyton, and I dropped that when he excited me about this bird, and it's back there uh, with with everything that I have except for my, <laughs> my gun and my binos. That's what I have. And I turn around, and I, one, I can just see Clint. He, he is just red in the face. I mean, basically throwing a temper tantrum back there, and I don't know what his problem is, but I gotta just continue on <laughs> with this. Well, it was tough. Like I'm, I, I see your phone sitting there because I'm, I was trying to text you and like let you know like what I can see, you know, and whatever. And then I'm like, okay, shit. Like, well, that's not an option. Which that's fine, whatever. So I'm trying to do hand signals, but the sun actually would have been over me. So for you looking back, it probably like was just a big blur of what I was actually doing, and I'm like. 
okay, I'm trying to tell him which, how to like go, like go this way. The birds are over here and he's not doing that. I'm like, the fuck is he doing over I, there? But I, I know you good enough. I can just hear you now. Mother beep, 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 Like, you know what, Clint? I got this. So now I'm back on my stock. You know, I'm getting on this little, little deer path and I'm trying to sneak up and I get to that last, that last cedar and I don't see him anymore. And I turn around and I look to Clint for hand signals and he's back there and he just like gives me a shrug, you know, because obviously he doesn't know Ryan ASL. So <laughs> I don't know sign language and I don't know stalking terms and I don't know any hand signals. I don't know anything with this stuff. So, well, and at this, at this point, he dropped down in this little dip and headed towards the woods. And at this point for a few minutes, I can't see the bird, can't see like anything. And then finally I do pick him up and he's on the edge of the woods. But like I said, you know, now Ryan and I have 80 yards between us, 90 yards. I'm trying to do hand signals, but in the sunlight where I'm at and you're in the shadows, it, it's just, it's kind of a clusterfuck realistically. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm not really able to communicate with him at all. He's, just, I'm just going to have to sit back and hope that this works you out. You flipping me off was not helping me. So well, now, I was trying I'm to let you know. You're number one. I'm packing up and I'm going on my own. <laughs> you're number one, soldier. Yeah, that's exactly what you were saying back there. <laughs> uh so I knew I didn't want to call. I could not see. I, could, I lost, never saw what was out in front of me in the leaves. Couldn't see that bird anymore. So I start ranging, um, you know, some spots just in case, you know, these birds, they, they don't always just gobble and strut around like they, you know, they're birds. He might've been in there just eating around or, I mean, I've seen them lay down on the edges of fields before, you know, you don't know. So I'm just being patient and um, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And, I'm sure, you know, it was probably only a couple minutes, but in my mind, this was about three hours. Um, you know, I'm just having it on an adrenaline dump. You know, I am jacked up. And um, I finally, I thought I heard something in walking around. And then all of a sudden I heard it. And I can't see him. So I, I reach up and I just pull that little cedar out in front of me. And I can I pick him up out in the woods. I, his head just red and blue and that just white. I'm just beautiful. Like this patriotic bird, he wants to come in. And I don't see any other I don't not seeing these hens or anything. So I know I'm not gonna call because I I'm pretty sure there's other birds in here. I just can't see them. So I just with my foot I start scratching the leaves, you know, and trying to sound like I uh, I'm feeding. You know, maybe he maybe he has a hen, but maybe he thinks there's a stray. And as soon as I start, you know, scratching them leaves, boy, he perked up and was looking and looking real hard. And he let out a gobble, and I was close enough I could hear. He was probably, well, I ranged that hole 52 yards. And uh, he came out of full strut, and he starts coming right at me. He's walking. he And he kind of goes down this little dip, and he comes up. He's Now he's on my side, and I already know that that was 36 yards. To that little that little crest and he cuts out to the field and and that was his final mistake and um i was pretty fortunate and um he stepped out at about 32 yards and um and then i let him let him have it so that that was the end of that story and <laughs> I, i've been on many unsuccessful stocks this was the very first successful stock that i've ever done um you know and there was virtually no calling. I did do some scratching of the leaves. Um, I guess I would call that more of a passive calling. Uh, very calm. And it's, I mean, he sucked right into it. So 
Um, you know, it worked out and well, it just goes to show, um, you know, I mean, everyone thinks it's going to be, I'm going to kill a turkey. It's going to be traditional. I'm going to yelp. I'm going to cluck. I'm going to purr. He's going to gobble. I'm going to make one move. He's going to end up coming in at 25 yards and I'm going to shoot him in the face or I'm going <clears> to <throat> run an arrow through him or whatever the hell you're using, throw a grenade and blow him up. I don't know what the hell you're doing, but what, whatever. It's not always that way. And sometimes when you get on these hunts and you've got wind and hand up birds and you, you know, you better have a bunch of tricks in your bag and not be just a one trick pony. Cause if you like this week, if we only would have relied upon calling and running and gunning thus far, we would have no birds killed instead of one, because that was not the philosophy, not going to work between hand up birds and the wind. It just wasn't conducive. And we, you have to figure out other ways you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And that's what we did. You executed a great stock. Um, even though you didn't listen to my hand signals and you weren't paying attention to what I was trying to tell you to do, you still, uh, you channeled your, your, your inner Devin Leonard and went on this stock, although it wasn't a 200 inch mule deer. Um, it was a, you know, 180 inch turkey in Kansas. And I'm pretty sure that was a booner turkey that I got. So I gave you 180. I said 180. I gave you 180. fucker. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you don't have to be a turkey hunter to kill turkeys, but a lot of times you need to be a good woodsman. You need to know how to move amongst the, the cover, you know, use the, you know, had this wind been blowing down in that bottom where we were, that would have been fantastic there at the end of that little stalk. You know, the wind kind of died down. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, which was kind of weird. It was like, yep. I really don't know what's going on right now. I mean, that was definitely God challenging me, like to see how quiet I could be. And um, it was, uh, you know, use the wind, use the sunlight. You know, there's all kinds of different things. We did. I'll tell you one thing: this bird was not going to wind me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, we did. We you know, did have there's a lot of things, you know. And for those of you that don't think you can be winded by turkeys, you're an idiot because you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I look back and I think Clint was giving me like thermals going down 17. percent Like you keep you keep all that bullshit to yourself. I'm trying to get this turkey, but uh, no, just having some good woodsmanship under. You know, we did, this was a new spot, so didn't really know the lay of the land. So that was kind of um, a challenge yeah, was. As, as well. It was cool trying to figure out that piece because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't it a was. very big public piece. No. Um, and it was one of those spots where, for lack of better terminology, if you fucked up and blew the birds out of there. It's and done. You're, you're, you're done. You it's may, done for yeah. a couple of days, which we you don't know. have days. We have to score now. We have a week yep. to get it done. And it was, um, it was and awesome. On day three. Yeah. It was, so. it was awesome to see that. You know, see you kill that bird. I was stoked for you, man, to watch you go in that stock. You know, I, I had nothing but confidence in you. But what I was worried about was the hens. You know, there were two hens that you didn't even get to see that I could see. And again, the hand signals were trying to communicate, but it's it's tough. Um, there was just there was a lot of things could have went wrong there. But you you were very patient, made all the right moves, got it done. Super pumped for you. It was, it was we got great photos. I mean, it was just it was a perfect way to end that evening. Cigars were rolling, bush lights were cracked. We had the freaking grizzly cooler stacked with with drinks. I mean, you know, uh, on these hunts, it's very, very important. Uh, man, you got to have your fucking grizzly cooler stacked with bush lights because when 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 shit goes bad, you drink beer. When shit goes good, you drink beer. When shit dies, you drink beer. And how do you keep the beer cold, Ryan? You put it in the in the whole, grizzly cooler. In the grizzly cooler. 
Fuck, you're Write learning. Write that down, Grizzly. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. send Ryan, Ryan Burks just said that. <laughs> send, send Ryan Brooks a free fucking sticker, yeah. Grizzly. Please, for the love of God, make him feel good. Send him a free sticker. But No, all jokes aside, man, we got a few no. days left. Um, I'm going to keep trying to punch this Kansas tag. we got a pretty good idea of a spot for this evening and tomorrow morning where we should get into some birds. And then we're going to hopefully hit Nebraska for a few days. And see what happens. Birds are hand up. It's been windy, but it's supposed to die down. Um, I'm sure we're still going to battle. we got one more bad day of weather coming yeah. up. Sunday, probably be a wash. And after that, Monday's looking beautiful. we got all day Monday and Tuesday to hopefully, if we don't get it done either today, later on, or Sunday, you know, it will be, it'll be go time. So yep. hopefully um, this weather can kind of move out and we can kind of get our legs back underneath us being running gunners. It'll be a lot easier. Uh you know, for you with the bow, um, <laughs> without the wind, um, you know, but let's get yeah. these, let's get the tags punched and, uh, get busy, stay out of the bars, get in the woods. <laughs> Hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's kind of sad the way the weather's been and, and, and the state of depression we've, we've been to our favorite bar Spanky's one, one time. And, um, yeah, that's been it. It's uh, it's 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 been a little on the dim side, but that's okay. We've had some camp beers and and whatnot, and we're working on it. And I I get to wear the celebration turkey church shirt, yeah. And you don't get that privilege I, yet. And I, you really need I to really start need, stepping your game up. You I know, really, I really Bo Brooks and I we've been talking, and we think it's time for you to start growing up a little bit and get up on our level. I I really need to channel my uh, I gotta channel my inner Ryan and Bo and and get one killed and we're gonna work on that hopefully get to Nebraska have a few days hopefully birds there aren't hand up the winds should die down so fingers crossed but as always man always a great time uh, yeah. fuck can't beat a good hunting camp with with one of your best buddies and and to be able to watch you smoke that bird was a hell of a lot of fun and was pumped proud of you it was a hell of a stock and yeah man not a conventional or traditional way to kill a turkey but you know what. Tag was punched, and uh, we got to put a Tom in the back of the truck. So yeah, stay flexible. Don't don't cornhole yourself into one type of method. Read the birds. You know, be aggressive when you need to. Sometimes it's fun to be in the cornhole, yeah. but when other it's time, times it's when not. When it's time to strike, strike. That's right. But wait until it's ready. Well, so. hey, we got thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. We got to jump off here and hopefully go uh, get ready to get on birds here this afternoon and this evening. I'm up to bat with this Kansas tag burning a hole in my pocket. So you guys know what to do. Don't fucking settle. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully by then we got a few more birds killed. I'm going to take a few tips and technique tactics uh, schooling lessons here from Ryan tonight on my calling. I've now learned I need to brush up on that. So hopefully by the next time I talk to you, I'm a well, well more rounded turkey caller. We'll see what happens. Can you say the letter C? CNC Hunt Files.